0: I was just reminding myself, uh, my first encounter with Francois, and it's it's normally an encounter with Francois, uh, that uh, the first time I met him was he was still at TMT. And so we all think of him as a young guy, and he's learning the ropes, but actually this guy's been in ministry with TMT 10 years already. It's a long period of time. It's a whole lot longer than my own son, who you may know, Dan Bonard. He's my son. Um, and so when he was 23, I went into a really bad time of depression in my life, after taking the wrong medication, going up into Africa for malaria, and uh, I couldn't continue to lead the church, and so Andrew actually gave me a call, and he said, hey, Roland, come down, come down to Cape Town, let's get you restored, but in the meanwhile, let's hand the church over to Daniel, and he was, he was 23 at that stage, and uh, God has done a lot of work in him and that's in this time, that he, he's 32 now. Said, right. Babes, you want to come up here? You can do the family thing better than I can. <laughs> I also like it when you say how good looking I am. Uh, <laughs> Dan's actually 34,
1: but it's okay. <laughs> That's
0: why I got it here.
1: <laughs> and um, we have three sons. Uh, Dan is not our oldest son, he's our middle son. We have an older son who is 37. And is actually on his way this weekend. He's moving back to the Western Cape. He's moving to Longoban. We have seven grandchildren. Um, I have a younger son called Joel. Um, he is 32. And um, they are a blessing. We, we love our grandchildren. Did you hear what I said? We have seven grandchildren. I expect a better response. <laughs> like, Wow. Dan has, yes, thank you. Dan has contributed four of the grandchildren. He's, um, yeah, it's been fruitful there. And uh, we just love our grandchildren. Our grandchildren are nagging us, especially Dan's children. When are you going to retire? Because you need to spend more time with us. And I go, well, you need to whisper to Uncle Andrew, but it's not working. (laughs) Because there's no retirement in the kingdom. (laughs)
0: Just give me that mark. <laughs> I've got to watch her. otherwise we'll be busy. Now you can sit over there. Just behave yourself. <laughs> you see, this is how menopause works. <laughs> behave yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's wonderful to be with you guys this morning. Um, oh, while I was telling that story was when I first met François at TMT. He was quite a snortness. He was like, <laughs> we, we went there to uh, speak on planting churches. He was like, yeah, what can you learn about planting a church, you know? <laughs> all, all, all Leonard was like, hey, what can I learn? Please teach me stuff. And just to see him now and to see where he's, the place that he's in, um, I'm sure he's done lots of learning on the job, but it's wonderful to see you doing this, François, together with your wonderful wife, obviously. But you've got some good old friends of mine with you, uh, Trevor and Carla, we know from way back, and it's just wonderful to be staying with them. So we, we want to do something, uh, speak about the prophetic, and as we're speaking, we may get something for you, so it's actually up to you to be sitting there and say, hey, Lord, I, I want a word, can you have a word for me? And uh, th- this morning we woke up and we were busy praying while Patty was praying and I was trying to get coffee down my throat. But uh, Patty felt something and we, we thought we, we would start with this and then we can use it to actually do the rest of the teaching around it. And so you want to share that?
1: So I had a picture of David and Goliath and you all know the story. And I really just felt that this word was specifically for the eldership team. You saw them all stand earlier. Um, But also for Francois and Nadine. Um, I saw Francois and Nadine with the team very close as a David. And as you know, when David went to um, fight Goliath, um, they tried to put Saul's armor on David, and David was so uncomfortable in Saul 's armor, and he said, "I don't need Saul 's armor. The Lord has given me the weapon." And it was a slingshot and five stones. And he went out in boldness, remembering that David, in his behind the-scenes time, he had killed a bear and a lion. He, he knew what the giant was that he was facing. He had killed the bear and the lion. And he was, because he knew that God was with him, he was confident. And he went out just with a slingshot because he knew that God would do it. Not in his own strength, because it wasn't about him, but God had given him a strategy. And he had given him the weapons to fight Goliath. And I really just had a strong sense in that with Francois and the team with him, that God has given them as a team, and Francois and Nadine is leading the team, a strategy. He's given them the, the weapon, the, the slingshot and the stones. But I felt, and I think Trevor brought a lot of clarity when I, I felt that like there was a, a part of people trying to put Saul's armor onto the eldership team and, and through the prophetic, possibly. And I really just sensed, uh, Trevor had said, actually, Saul's armor is the flesh. And I really just felt that you need to be confident as a congregation that God has given them strategy with you as a team and the deacons and the leaders and the comm leaders, but that you need to trust in the strategy in the same way as David trusted in the strategy that God had given him, that you would trust in the stra- that they have been given strategy. Do you want to fill in the Yeah.
0: So I, I really like the part when David had killed Goliath and they say he took his head, he chopped his head off and he put it on a spear and he walked through the enemy camp with Goliath's head. And so I I think that's what we need to be doing to any strategy outside of what uh, God wants to do. We need to chop it off. But as Patty was talking, something that just dropped into my spirit was that the congregation is actually the weapon. As you line up with what the elders are asking you to do and how to do it, you are going to become the weapon. And so as you make yourself available and as you uh, just uh, line up, what can I do? And, and I think the mistake people will make with Francois is, oh, he's so young. No, David was young too. And uh, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, don't let them look down on your youth. And so I, I, want, I want to encourage you guys. He's got a team with him as well. He's accountable to, I was watching this morning in the, the prayer meeting before, they, they pray, they talk to each other. Things don't happen by chance here. And so I want to encourage you, become part of the weapon. How do you do that? Francois, what can I do? What can I do? What do you need me to do? And it might be watch the cause, but whatever it is, what do you need me to do? Okay, so the, uh, the actual, uh, the part of the teaching that I wanted to do this morning, Trevor started to pray it and I was getting scared. Psalm 16 and verse 6 is the first one. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And then the next one that Trevor started to pray, Psalm 18 and verse 19. He brought me out into a spacious plate. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And I, I want to bring this into the prophetic today. God has given us a spacious garden. That's what the word says. And I saw this morning as people are coming to pray, hey, uh, Francois, I feel I have a word. Elders, I feel I have a word. It's a spacious place. God is opening it up for you. He's not closing it down. But he has put boundary lines in place. He has put them in place. They are pleasant. Often people think, oh, the will of God is a tightrope. No, it's not. It's a garden. But don't. Go over the boundary lines. Don't go over the boundary lines. A couple of the things that are boundary lines. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And then verse 14, it says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. So those three things are a boundary line. If you get a word that's not upbuilding and strengthening, it's outside the boundary line. Don't share it. Or take it, the elders actually put the boundary line in place, so you go to them. Don't go to the person and say, oh, God's going to kill you tomorrow, uh, and, and he's going to give your wife a wonderful inheritance. <laughs> no, don't, don't. Go to, go to the lines, and Francois will say, Yo, as long as you tithe on the inheritance. <laughs> I heard the, the word lotto jumped up, yeah, during, during and, and you know what? If somebody won the lotto, would you ask them to tithe? Because we're so anti the lotto, but will we take the tithe? <laughs> yeah, the Lord will. So strengthening, is your, is your word the, the boundary line? If, if you get a word for somebody and you want to go and share it with them, And there's no elder involved. Does it strengthen? When they walk out of here, do they walk out like this? Do they, their chest puffed up and they've been strengthened. They came in, they were feeling bad. Even that song that that Paul uh, played uh, and sang, that's going to cause people to walk out of here this morning. God is good. God is good. I actually thought to myself, God is good is actually an old thing. Because until you're old, you don't know that God is good. But as you get older, you realize how good God is. We've been in a plane crash. I've had a triple bypass. I developed depression, went into bipolar, got sorted out. I've, I've had everything. But I, this morning, I could feel that song, as, as Mornay said. God is good. God is good. All the time. I don't... I, I'm so old I go back to the days where where the guys used to sing God is good all the time then everyone else would say all the time God is good. (laughs) Encouraging. Is your word encouraging? Does it encourage or does it the person walked out of here broken? Everything that was wrong has been uh, exaggerated. It's been made worse. We need to we need to consider these three things, strengthening, exhortation, and comfort. The word comfort I really enjoy because you know that we all have the wrong interpretation of comfort. I've, one of my favorite Bible teachers is David Pawson, and he speaks about the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And the comforter, uh, has, the, the word has been changed over the years, so he says his explanation of Comforter is there's a tapestry in one of the big uh, uh, cathedrals in Europe. And the way they kept history was they would sew or knit into the tapestry the, the story that was happening. And so there's this one massive uh, uh, tapestry, and it says, Bishop Odin is comforting the troops. And there you've got this bishop, he's got this long pointy stick, and the troops, if they try and turn around to run away, he prods them back into battle, and so that's what the Holy Spirit does, he doesn't let us just run away and, oh, yes, no, no, he gets alongside us, and he actually moves us forward, he, he by the time he's finished, we're encouraged, because we've broken through what we were facing. You've got something you want to talk Okay. The the next, the, the, the other part that makes up the boundary lines is the eldership. The eldership in the church, if you've never heard this before, write it down. The elders handle doctrine, discipline, and direction. So if your word has some thing of doctrine, discipline, or direction, if you don't take an elder with you, it's outside of the boundary line. If you take an elder with, that's great, because that's how God has designed it. It doesn't mean you can't share the word. It just means we do it in the correct way, the correct, they call it protocol. We do it the way that it should happen. And so we get an elder, come, let's go. And, he, and one of the things that we found over the years, we've been in full-time ministry since 1995 twenty eight years and uh, what we found is you you do something on the prophetic, then everyone 's like stirred up and they're excited about it, and when we leave here, people start catching people in the parking lot, we call it parking lot prophecy, so they catch them you know you know what you know what I feel the Lord say, and then they break all the all the stuff that we 've put into place and then the, Francois gets a, a call when he gets home from home he's thinking, Oh, we had a wonderful meeting and then oh you know what so and so said to me outside in the oh guys I, I just want to encourage you with one thing. Don't phone Francois on Sunday. Afterwards. I'm I'm serious. You know what? When you've ministered, look if it's an emergency, yes. But when you've ministered, or any one of the elders that ministers, afterwards, even the worship leaders, when when you go home, you're you're drained. You're not feeling terrible, but you you are tired. And so you're not going to give good input into that person's life. Just give them the opportunity to recuperate. If we want to see the prophetic, sharp, we need to listen to these things. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves. We'll have uh, the prophetic words, but they'll, they 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 won't point us in a direction. They they won't accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. And so, we need to be those that, hey, yes, that's what Roland said. If if all else fails, get an elder. Say, so please come. Not his wife. If if if. If they often try and grab Patty and want to tell her something, and she'll say, no, no, we're going to Roland. Because we are the elders. Hopefully I'm not offending you, that men are the elders. And we need our wives to point people to us. And when they want to, don't don't buck it. Keep, keep where they...
1: just um in the prophetic in your prophetic gifting I just want to encourage you not to step out of your sphere so sometimes we get really excited and, and I'm saying this from my own experience that I need to keep in mind the sphere that God is um, has for me and not to try and step out of of my sphere and that is the boundary lines so you need to understand where in what area is God using you and how is he using you and then stick into that area don't try and be something that God hasn 't asked you to be so don't try and step into the role of a prophet if that is not if God hasn 't um, called you to be that and so we 've got to stay in the guidelines of yes, the Lord has given me the gift of prophecy, but I am not a prophet, and I stick into that. There is a the gifting of the prophetic, but I don't try and step out of that into the role of the office of a prophet, because that's not what God's called me to, and we need to step, keep within those boundaries, and the directional um, words, I'm very cautious, and I make sure that I Give those to the eldership because I never want to step out of what God has called me to do. I need to be faithful with the gift He's given me and not try and make it something that it's not.
0: So the the word says in Hebrews 5:14, "Solid food is for the mature, who have some practice in telling right from wrong." For me, that tell, that sounds like an elder. I've, 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 there's something I don't understand. Don't go to your best friend. I'm, I'm serious. You know what? The elders want you to come to them. They, they, they don't like, hey, stay over there. No, elders are amongst the people. They're fathers in the house. They, they, they want to see their family do well. Don't go to your friend who's got a certain bent in their life and then that word comes out all bent and buckled. And can actually cause a lot of problems. So, we judge the prophetic for two reasons. So, we can discern the words that are spoken over people. And right there, I wanna, I wanna say to you if, if you've got somebody that says, I've got a word for you, ask them is it, is it a doctrine? Is it direction? Is it uh, one of those things? Because then I need an elder, yeah? But when someone gives you the prophetic word, and this is hard, but I want you to do it. When they give the word and you don't witness with it, tell them straight away, no, uh, at this moment, I don't feel that's right, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the shelf and I'll see where it goes. Tell them. People are too scared to tell the prophetic person oh, and, and the, the prophetess or whatever walks away and they think, whoa, that was a good word. Meantime, it's not a good word. And I want to tell you right here is that the prophetic doesn't just come from left field. The prophetic will confirm what God's already said to you. It's not going to just come from. I'm sure you if you've heard Andrew preach a couple of times, he'll always tell you, I don't. I don't use the prophetic to direct my life. I use it to confirm, but I don't use it to direct. Please, guys, I, I, this this morning I want to help you guys not make mistakes. I'm not here sure because I, I've got nothing else to do. I could uh, I could go home and have a sleep so that I can watch the rugby tonight. So, Pat, Patty's. We're going to do a. Do you want to stand over there quickly? I never forget, we were, Trevor might remember this moment, we were sitting in a, in a conference in the previous bunch of people we were with, and there was a guy called Dion Bueta that was on this team, he, he lived in Taiwan, and I remember Dudley called him to the front to come and do feedback on what's going on in Taiwan, and uh, when he came up, Dudley said, "Now I want your wife up here as well. Come, bring her. So he stands up and he says, Vickle, throw. <laughs> oh, yo, even, even Dudley laughed. <laughs> okay, scriptural test. Some things that you can tick off in your mind. First one, what's, your, what's the thing that you struggle with the most? Oh. <laughs>
1: can I mark or No. <laughs> Um, I think always with the prophetic, we need to see, does it line up with scripture? Obviously. And in order to know that it lines up with scripture, you need to know scripture. So I had a, I've got an example. Uh, when we first came to Josh Jen, we were, went to Sunnydale PM. And I really felt this prophetic word about the river. And so I got up and I shared this prophetic word I had about the river. But I got Ezekiel 47 and Revelation, the river and Revelation. I got those two, two rivers totally mixed up. I brought this, what I thought was a powerful prophetic word about the river. And I do believe God wanted to speak about the river. But I got the two scriptures intertwined and mixed up. And I bought this elaborate, prophetic word about the river and mixed up the Ezekiel 47 and the river in Revelation. And you know what the scary part was? No one corrected me. And then I got in the car. I got in the car and Roland said to me, do you know you got your rivers mixed up? I was like, oh no, Lord, how can I do that? But you know how we test a prophetic word. Now, I do believe that that word was a word the Lord wanted to speak about the river. But I needed to be sure of my facts when I bought that word. I should have researched it maybe a little bit more. I should have read the scripture before I brought the word. Um, And so we need to always judge the prophetic to what does the word of God say.
0: Okay, what, what else must it do?
1: Well, I always feel it needs to exalt Jesus. Because it's Jesus actually speaking to us. And therefore, obviously, it needs to exalt Jesus. And? <laughs> He's putting me on the spot here. Um, I always, I have this when I teach the prophetic, About the the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know that the fruit of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit work hand in hand? You know there's nine gifts of the Spirit. You do know those. You do know them. Don't make me rattle them off. And then there's nine fruits of the Spirit. I can do that because I taught children's ministry for many years. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Long-suffering, come on, I I always waver at the end. And there's self-control. But if you take the fruit of the Spirit and you weigh it against the gift of the Spirit, that is, is such a good test. Because if you think about it, when a word is brought to you, you should feel love. First of all, by the person who brought it to you. You should feel God's love through them. There should be peace. You should feel peace in your heart. There should be joy. You should feel that joy. Then the kindness of God coming through. The faithfulness. It should make you want to be more faithful even in your own life. It would stir you on where the comfort comes in. Then there's the self-control. You you think, now, okay, how is she going to make this work? Self-control, when you bring a word... (laughs) <laughs> okay. Self-control when you bring a word, but also self-control when you receive a word. Yeah. Because you've got to weigh that word. You can't run off and start to do all sorts of things. But you need to actually have the self-control as to the timing of God, when, that, when is that word um, comes into play. So the fruit of the Spirit is a very good, very good tools to actually judge the prophetic.
0: You better say mine's very good, too. (laughs) Um, No, no, don't. Don't. These are my (laughs) notes Okay, so the first thing, if you want to bring a prophetic word, is you need to be born again. You can't bring a word if you're not saved. You don't have the Holy Spirit. And you get people, oh, yes, I... In the world, people are bringing prophetic words all the time. If you think about Israel, what's happening there now, people are speaking things like they are prophets. But you know what? We need, we need to uh, be full of the, of the Holy Spirit. We need to be born again. I was going to quote the scripture, and I actually f- I can't remember the exact. In, in John 21, it tells us that when Jesus, after the resurrection, he got together with the Holy Spirit, with the disciples, and he breathed these spirits on them. Before Acts Because everyone said, no, the, the Holy Spirit came in Acts in, in No, he, Jesus actually breathed on the disciples back in, in at John 21, I think it is. And so... Uh, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. For you, so if you're born again, there's a measure of the Holy Spirit, but I would encourage you to find yourself being filled. Filled so that there's more of Him in you. And so uh, we, we make ourselves available to God. Who wants to prophesy here? To all of you. No, not many of you, actually. This is not a very prophetic church. <laughs> Dudley used to say to us, the prophetic, prophetic people, not prophets. He said, prophetic people are those that see the future together, they embrace it, and they live it out now. So what are you talking about? No. We, we, we see God's love one for another. We embrace that. We have community. We have times together of prayer. We every opportunity we have, we get together, we embrace it, and now we live it out. Yeah, people can actually see that you you love one another, that you care for one another. Do not neglect the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12:31. It says, Now eagerly Desire the greater gifts. And they, if you carry on reading, speaks about prophecy.
1: You um, want to do the next one? Do not despise. You know, with, just with the gifts, that the gifts are for all. <laughs> do you believe that? Because I saw very few hands go up. Are you just shy? Can we have another show of hands? Who really would love to operate in? There's nine, <laughs> nine gifts. <laughs> There's nine gifts. We want to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they are a gift to us. And therefore, we should not neglect it. It does say um, in Joel about my spirit is going to be poured out and all will prophesy. See visions that uh, dream dreams. The old men, that's us. We're going to dream dreams and we're going to see visions and and that the young, the sons and the daughters will prophesy. And I believe that the gift is for all of us, but we need to not neglect the gift. We need to desire to actually operate in the gift.
0: Are you young or old? Are you guys seeing visions or are you having dreams? Huh? I always tell people I'm still young because when Patty gets up in the morning, I see a vision. (laughs) That's after menopause. Yeah. So it also says in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. You see, that's why we've got to go to the elders because we're not sure. Is this right? Is this wrong? Uh, and you know what? A lot of the time, there's not right nor wrong, but we're trusting on the, on the, on the elders who are those guys that are over us in the life of the church. They are going to discern what is right and what is wrong for the moment. It could be different later on. But at this moment, we, we're choosing to let this go. I, I train Patty in the prophetic. When we went to Niles she hardly worked, she hardly operated in the prophetic. But I I used to, she would come up and she'd say, I've got a prophetic word. And I'd say to her, babe, tell me the word. I'd listen to it, I'd say, okay, now I don't want that piece. I don't want that piece. I want this piece and I want you to make sure that you don't repeat yourself. Prophetic people, they would like, thus said the Lord, thus said the Lord, thus said, no, 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 we don't need that. Once is enough. And so over the years, I've enforced that with her. Now she actually operates in that place, uh, in a place of not repeating herself. Sometimes. Sometimes, I watch her when somebody else is leading the meeting, then she might slip into it. Do not treat prophecies with contempt.
1: Um, yeah, I think we need to. So I really sensed in the early days that this is be This is something God wants to use me in, and so I was, I made sure that I wasn't ignorant of the gift. So I read books back then. There were books. I'm not going to quote who. Some of them have fallen off the rails. But I read books. I read the scripture. I took my gift before the Lord, and I. I wanted to be a good steward with what I felt the Lord was calling me into. And um, I think that goes where it says, do not be ignorant of the gift. I think that we need to actually uh, equip ourselves. And, uh, you know, Roland told that story. He's actually not even exaggerating. Everything he said was true. But he really helped me to grow prophetically, because he kept, he helped me with the boundaries he helped me where um, what are the repeating thing and and when to bring a word, and he really encouraged me, and um, I think we need to equip ourselves and I think times like this of equipping and, and learning more and having our hearts open and saying, God, where do you want to use me? I think that is so important that we can step into what God wants for us. I
0: don't know about your dreams and words. I guess you
1: didn't want. Um he's just <laughs> this is how we roll. Um, So when I started to grow into the prophetic, I started to get more confidence, and and, um, when I first started, the Lord would show me pictures, and I'm a very picture person, so be careful what stories you tell me, because I see it all in pictures, so I I am a very picture person. But then I started to get a little bit, (laughs) I started to get a little bit cheeky with the Lord. Because then I started to say to the Lord, I don't want to see pictures, pictures anymore. I want to have utterances. Do you know what utterances? You know, thus saith the Lord. So I said to the Lord, Can we stop with the pictures and can you give me more of these wonderful utterings? Well, my motive was totally wrong. Because I I wanted to sound more spiritual than I actually was. Okay, I'm talking about long ago, see, just because in case you're judging me right now. But you know what happened to my gift? It totally dried up. I went through such a desert experience. The Lord didn't give me utterances. You know what I mean? You know, thus saith the Lord. And He didn't give me um, pictures. And I went through a very dry season in the prophetic. Because I actually despised the gift that he had given me. He chose to use me in pictures. And I wanted something else. And so be very aware of that. And if you've caught yourself in that place, I would say even right now, repent. Because I realized what had happened. I despised the gift that God had given me. And I repented there and then. And you, if you have found yourself in that place, repent now. As we carry on, just repent now and say, Lord, in whatever way, if it's dreams, I will dream. If it's visions, I'll have visions. If it's songs, it will be songs. Whatever it is, use me in what you choose because the gift is not for you. The gift is for the person who is receiving it.
0: Yeah, I couldn't get it to do everything right. It's a, you, know what, you know what's an amazing thing? as be, be, Before I led a church, I prophesied a lot. But when I started to lead a church and I was preaching on a much more regular basis, the, the, the prophetic wasn't there because I, when I wanted to prophesy, I wanted to prophesy what I was going to preach. Because that was the thing that was on my head during the week. That's what I was focusing on. And so we we, we got we to work at these things all the time. you got to exercise the gifts. And in and, and 2 Timothy 1.6, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And this is Paul writing to Timothy. And he's saying, hands were laid on you by, actually by the eldership, the presbytery. And so if you're feeling, hey, this is, the, this is the gift that I want God to use me in, get the elders. Hey, come and pray for me. You know what? It doesn't give you a disadvantage. It gives you an advantage to have the, the elders coming alongside you and praying for you. Because then, I don't know, I'm sure your guys will do this. They'll, during the week, hey, what's happened? Is something, any, have, you, have you heard God? Is there a word? Because without accountability as well, that gift doesn't grow. It's got to be there in a place where we, where, where we don't neglect it. Exercise the gifts. Step out in faith. So if you're in the boundary lines, exhort, comfort, encourage. If, if, you, if, you're, in, if you're in there and you're within the elders' doctrine, discipline, direction, in those boundary lines, go for it. Go for it. I do want to just encourage you as well that when you bring a prophetic word, these days it's very easy. It used to be really difficult, but grab grab a phone and record it. With us, it was used to have those little cassette things that they used to use. These days, it's so easy. There's actually no excuse uh, to not record it. Because as as an elder, when someone comes to me and they say, I've had this prophetic word. I'll ask them straight away, Have you, did you record it? Can I listen to it? Because people twist prophetic words. They'll make those prophetic words say different things to, as to what they should be saying. And so for me, I want a recording. And our day used to, people used to write fast as well. They'd... Okay, so l- let me check your motives because I don't trust them. What is your motive for...
1: So this is something that I make sure that I check all the time is what is my motive or why I want God to use me prophetically? Is it for my own selfish ambition or is it to bring glory to Jesus and seeing people set free? And I think we need to I, I do this as a regular exercise. I bring before, just in my quiet time, I'll go, Lord, are my motives pure? Am I being humbled by when you use me prophetically? Am I keeping a heart that is humble towards you? Do I make sure that I don't get puffed up and proud? And I think we've got to watch prophetic people. They can tend to to um step into that, and I think if God is using you a lot in the prophetic, just check your motives just take it 's in a place of prayer, just take it before the lord Lord don 't ever ever let me get to that place where pride would creep into my life
0: okay it 's getting quite late, so i 'm going to jump and just do a whole lot of checks because patty 's got a word uh for the uh, Congregation, She's already shared it with the elders, so they know what it is. They're happy with it, and so we want to release that. Um, the first thing is, Are you, you never outgrow the ABCs. Are you studying the Scriptures? You know what the Word says, that when you study the Scripture, at the right moment, the Lord will bring that Scripture to the front, the, the Holy Spirit. Are you maintaining a life of prayer? Are you seeking purity, cleansing, and holiness? Are you? Are you just doing stuff that's, if nobody else knows about it, it's fine. It will contaminate and taint your words that come. Are you a a worshiping member of a local church? By that, I mean a member. Someone who's been through, uh, uh, what's the one called now that they're doing? This is church. So that's what they're doing now. You need to have done that so that you are part of, you know our values. You can't come and prophesy something that's not one of our values. For a start, if you come to the elders and you're cutting across what our values are, they're, gonna, they're not going to allow you to share that. And you're going to get offended and probably not come back again. But I'm asking you, make sure that you're in that place. Am I accountable? Am I accountable? Do you guys know what accountable means? You hear the word a lot, but do you know what it means? Accountable doesn't mean I run off to you. Accountable means you come to me and say, "Hey, listen, I'm struggling with this thing." If if your elders got to be running off to you, then you're not in a good place, not in a good space. But if you come and say, "Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Can you pray with me? Can we do this?" Uh, I'm comfortable with that. But if I've got to be, uh, you got, if, you, if you need a come, you know what it's like. Where were you today? No. If they phoned you and said, hey, listen, I'm not well. I can't make it today. Uh, I'll, I'll make it on Wednesday. Then you know what's going on. But if they don't tell you, then you've got to follow them up. You've got to run after them. Now, accountability means they come to you. Am I speaking in tongues on a regular basis? If you go and read in Jude, it says, I build up my faith by praying in the Spirit. I know many times in my life when I've been feeling down and out, 28 years of ministry, there's been a lot of those, uh, and I would say, okay, I'm going for a half an hour's walk. The whole half an hour I'm going to pray in tongues. And when I get back after that half an hour, I can genuinely say that there is a difference. That my faith has been lifted. So I want to encourage you to do that. I think it's probably the most neglected thing among Christians. I think they are more public tongues than there are private tongues. And that's terrible. But we need to be those that are, are praying in the spirit. Lord, what do you want? I, I, I actually find myself when I'm praying with people, the first sentence will come out and then I'll start praying in tongues. And I want to do these guys do this as well. <laughs> Do, and and this for me, if we have this, we won't have a problem. Do we have a healthy fear of God? You know, we're talking this morning about the oaks in Korah. You you know the 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 oaks that were the first gold miners in in the, opened up and down they went. And there was no shaft to come back out. But we need to be those that, hey, I cannot speak if it's not God. Because prophecies become very easy. Everyone just does it. No, I've heard God. I've spent time in the Word. I've spent time in prayer. I'm keeping myself pure to the best of my ability. And now I feel that I have a word. Now I go to one of the elders. Hey, what do you think about this? He may say to another guy, hey, come, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, uh, what do you think? And uh, no, it's fine. It's not, it's not touching doctrine, discipline, or direction. It's edifying. It's encouraging. It's comforting. Let's, let's go with that word. Let's go with that word. Okay. Let, do you, you want to share that thing about the three groups? Okay. Don't,
1: don't you yeah. sh- So um, when we were praying this morning, when we were just bringing what we were feeling for the Lord, before the Lord this morning, we felt that there were three groups of people um, that we would like to just, as a group, pray for you, and um, the first one was that there are people here who are feeling like they've maybe stepped out of their sphere, that they haven't been a good steward with the gift that God's given them and that that um, you feel like you've just stepped out. And I, we really felt this morning that God wants to restore the gift. And so there might there is some repentance that needs to happen, that if you feel like you've stepped out, that you, you haven't been a good steward with the gift that God has given you, uh, I just really, f- we
0: just really felt. Um, what we felt was if you're in this place where you've, because of something you've done or whatever the case may be, you've spoken a word that you know wasn't right uh, or you've cut across what the eldership have said, I, I just felt this morning that you need to repent but then you need to recognize first, yes, hey, the problem, I did this and it was wrong. Then you need to repent and then God will restore you. I, I believe he'll restore you beyond where you found yourself now. But you know what? People struggle with repentance. And I, I was so, at our 412, 412 leaders time, Andrew actually spent a lot of time talking about repentance. He said, We've, we've slipped in the church into a place of repentance is a change of mind. Yes, it is a change of mind, but it's also a change of lifestyle. There's got to be change. Otherwise, repentance hasn't taken place. So if you find yourself just, we're going to give an opportunity as a different group, stand up and we pray. Uh, if you find yourself there, just say, hey, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I want to once again walk in this gift that you've given me.
1: Um, those who have allowed the gift to actually die, I felt that there is a grouping of people that have actually allowed that gift to just go dormant because you're no longer desiring it, you're no longer stirring it up, you're not fanning it into flame, that you have just allowed it to die. I believe that the Lord wants to blow his spirit on you today and that he wants to, to revive that gift in you, and then the third lot is those who have never prophesied. So there's a three groups that I really feel that God wants to really minister into this morning. Um, uh, Roland's looking for a scripture. So um, yeah, just let's take a moment, and maybe we can just—is this? Do I fit into any of these three categories? Is the Lord, just, just for a moment, let's just ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, where do I fit in? Do I fit in to any of these areas? Start to ask the Lord now. You do.
0: Yeah. Just a prophetic thing that uh, actually broke something over my life was when I was really in a bad place of depression, this lady phoned me up. She's actually a nurse. She's quite a bit older than me, but she said, Roland, I've got a word for you. So I said, oh, what was it? You know, I was hoping it was going to really be a a nice word. And she said, go and look in the book of Lamentations. And I was like, Lamentations, I'm in depression. And then I'm going to remind you of the scripture that François read this morning. Lamentations 3 and verse 21. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. There was a scripture that broke something over my life. And when she said Lamentations, I thought, oh, I I think I've read that book just once or twice in my life. Um, But that scripture under God's anointing just broke something over my life there was no need for doctrine discipline direction that was just to exhort to comfort to encourage and that's exactly what it did in my life and that's why I was so excited this morning when Francois stood up and he shared that scripture I thought that's the exact scripture that I've I want to use this morning